Thank you. Wow, that's fantastic. I love that. And again, I say, if you understand that difference, it really did make a difference. It's a big difference. Let me make sure. I think I'm on here, right? You can hear me? Can you all hear me out there? No? No, you can't hear me? Well, you couldn't hear me if I was standing beside you, Brother Cummins. <laughs> all right, can everybody else with normal hearing hear me? Uh, it doesn't sound very loud, though, or something's not exactly right. I always say these things, you need to clip them to your lip, and then they work real good. So. But um, all right, go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, uh, because the time would be short this morning, I've got a, uh, we're not going to keep you long today. I know it's a very special day, and a lot of people got family, and you want to get back to that family, and, and, um, and so we're, go- we're going to... Uh, To me, it's a very important truth, and I'm going to preach that to you this morning. We're going to go to Luke chapter 23, verse 39, is where we're going to pick up. Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind, my thoughts. And, and Lord, I, I need you desperately this morning. Lord, it's, it's impossible for human flesh to preach and to teach on the resurrection. It's impossible for us to truly understand and be able to deliver to other people what it means in my heart and what what you do in the heart of of so many in this room as as we realize what you did and what you have done for us. Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and ask you, God, my mind, my thoughts in these few short, short minutes that we have. Lord, thank you for the wonderful and powerful song, the wonderful and powerful uh, production that the, that the young people and everyone put on. Lord, it, it went so well. Lord, thank you that you protected us and that you helped things work properly. Now, Father, I pray that you please bless us this morning. Ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, this, of course, is uh, as Jesus is being crucified and and the malefactors, it's just talking about that we have three that are on a cross. There's a song that talks about the man in the middle. Uh, and it talks about the fact that Jesus is in that cross. And as we, normally we picture it, that cross is a little higher than the rest of them. Probably they didn't raise it any higher than the, than the other two. But, but uh, uh, they even say that more than likely it was about 18 inches uh, from his feet would actually be about 18 inches off the ground is all that it, they really would do 
They wouldn't put them up real high for us to look up at them like they are. I get toward, of course, that's possible, but, but uh, he, they would be uh, on that cross. But you had Jesus, uh, as the, the Bible describes it, Jesus in the middle. You have one of these uh, thieves, robbers, murderers. We're not sure exactly, but they're on, on, the, on either side of him. And they're hung on their crosses also. The scripture says that one of these malefactors, which was hanged there on the cross, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. What I want to talk about, I want to talk about just very briefly these three men that hung on the cross this morning. You see, what we have, we have three men, we have a Savior, amen? The Savior's on that cross, and he gave his life willingly. Nobody took his life. He gave his life for us. He could have called 12 legions of angels, and, 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 and during wait, some people say that's equivalent to about 76,000 angels. You know, it only took one angel to slaughter about 123,000 uh, of, of an army, uh, and the one angel did that one night. If, if the Lord had, had brought down 12 legions of angels, what do you think would have happened to the world? But he didn't. He gave his life. So there in the middle, you have a Savior. On one side, on, the, on one side of the Savior, you have a scorner. You have one who's mocking Jesus and railing on Jesus. You have the, on the other side what's going to be a sinner saved by Savior. The Savior who willingly gave his life, his body torn beyond recognition. And so many of you have been in an Easter service like this. Surely you've, you've heard the description. I'm not going to do that uh, this morning. Tonight, my plan, I, I would beg you to come back tonight. You know, it's still Resurrection Sunday on Sunday night. And the truth is, if you read the scriptures, a lot of things started going on after the resurrection. It was a wonderful thing to find that empty tomb that morning. But man, there was a, things are about to happen now and are going to happen all day and all night. And I just want to tell you, tonight, I'm, I'm going to plan, God, Lord willing, I'm going to plan on the proof of the resurrection. You know, a lot of people, well, about faith, it's just that Christian thing. You know, they choose to believe in it. No, we have proof. I, I was a law enforcement officer. I was a detective for a while. And can I tell you, uh, you, you, it only takes so much, and you've got legitimate proof. You can prove it in court, amen? And, and the fact is, is that we can prove it, and I'll be preaching that to you tonight on how we can prove that. We'll take a look at that. We'll talk a little bit more about this, this crucifixion because that's an important part of the, of the proof. But but we, we had to see the Savior who willingly gave his life. His body was torn beyond recognition. The scourging, the crown of thorns, nailed to a cross, a spear thrust through his side. That's the Savior. But you know what the Savior said as he's being beaten beyond recognition, as he's shedding his blood, as he's dying for us? You know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The forgiving Savior hung in the middle that day. The scorner rails on Christ in his pride. The scorner, even in death, he was defiant. Even in, in facing death, his bitterness, his rejection and disappointment brings out blasphemy. When you study out that word railing, do you know what he's really doing? He's blaspheming the name of Jesus. 
He's blaspheming God. Now, you have to understand, this is why it's so important. He's, he is not saying, oh, man, if you be God, take us down from here. No, he's railing on God. And he's saying, if you were God, you could get us down here. What he's saying is, you're not God. You're not God. You can't do anything for us. You can't do anything for yourself. He's railing on God. This wasn't a question of if you are the Christ. This was a blasphemous statement that he did not believe Jesus was the Christ. He was saying, if you're really God, listen to this now, and this is where it ties into us. If you're really God, this would not be happening to us. You know what? Somebody said that this morning. Somewhere, in, even in our church, some, all over this city, all over this nation, all over this world, people said, you know, if there's really a God, this wouldn't be happening. If there's really a God that loved us so much, this wouldn't be happening to us. If there's really a God that cared about us and loved us, this wouldn't have happened, this wouldn't have been done to me. I wouldn't have been molested. I wouldn't have been uh, uh, robbed and, and I, wouldn't have been I wouldn't have had somebody die in my family. I wouldn't have had this hurt and this persecution come against me. I wouldn't have to face this prejudice that's been directed toward me. I wouldn't have to face this if there was a God. Y'all doing okay? I know it's Easter Sunday, but... If you're really a God, this wouldn't be happening to me. That's what he's doing. He's looking at Jesus, and he's turning his head, and he's saying, if you're God, call yourself God, then why don't you do something about this? You ever had that feeling? God, I'm talking to you. Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you make this better? Why don't you make our world right? Why don't you make people love each other? You know, God gave us the ability to love each other. It's our choice whether we do or not. Four years ago, I just read uh, a little post when I was in the hospital. I never saw them because I was pretty much incoherent. But four years ago, at this point in time, on this day, uh, I was... Uh, they really, my wife was trying to decide, they were trying to decide whether to transfer me to a different hospital because the hospital where I was at, uh, I'd been in for about 18, 19 days and, and they said we've done all that we can do for him. There's nothing else that we can do. Maybe sending him to another hospital, maybe they can do something, maybe somebody else can help him. Um, but they pretty much were letting her know that I probably would not live. Not many days after this, a very, very short time, I, I, God did bless. And of course, I don't know if you recognize this, but I lived. <laughs> Amen. In case you, you, you're all sitting out there going, oh, tell us the rest of the story. Did you die? And uh, no, it didn't. Came real close, but it didn't. But not long after, I was out of the hospital and I could really couldn't even walk, couldn't do anything. And and uh, be honest with you, financially, we were, we were in some pretty rough, rough waters because I uh, had no job, no income, no anything, and, and, uh, and of course, uh, actually had no insurance, and, and uh, ended up with a bill of $207,000, and, 
And uh, so we were, we were in some pretty tough situation, but people had been good to us, and we had been able to pay uh, a house note and things like that. It had been, been miraculous what had been going on. Well, I, uh, some people had sent us some money, and I, I had, oh, probably about $1,100 in the bank that I was going to be able to, to pay, again, my house note and some things that, that need to be taken care of. And on a Sunday morning... I got a phone call, or actually it was a Saturday night, I got a phone call, and a, and a, a great friend of mine, uh, he's uh, in construction, uh, got a phone call that he fell off a roof and broke both his legs. Here again, this is a man self-employed, and so he has no income, and he has no insurance. As I sat there, and, and I could barely even function, I was going to speak my first time at a, at a meeting uh, that next morning, it really was a very, very small church. It was a small uh, church that was just trying to get off the ground. There's only about 25, 30 people there, but they asked me if I would come speak, and they said, look, if you just speak for us, even if you just sit down, I know you can't stand, I know, you, but if you'll just come speak. And so I said, I will, and, and they let us know there was really nothing they could help us with, but they were only a few miles away, and I said, I'll come. I don't know, I may not last 10 minutes, I may not last 15 minutes, I don't have any strength. He said, just sit in a chair, and he said, just, just speak to us. And it's some kids that loved us and, and wanted to be a blessing to us. Well, uh, before I walked out the door that Sunday morning, God put on my heart that I need to send $1,000 to this Joe Jalbert, this friend of mine who was who just broken his legs. I didn't even say anything to my wife, but I said, Lord, I can't mail off this thing in, in on a Sunday morning. I can't do that because the mail doesn't run. I said, but Lord... I will write out the check, I'll put it in an envelope, I'll address it and stamp it and have it ready, I'll do it. And so I did that, knowing that that's cleaning our account out, we have nothing, we have no source of income coming in. I gave them that, I, I put that on my desk, we went over to that little church, got through preaching at that little church, got, uh, it's about 25 or 30 people there, I got, got through, and when, when I got through preaching, a young man walked up to me, and just uh, making the story short as I can, but he walked up to me and he said, he said, Brother Hooker, do you know me? And I said, I, I recognize your face. And he said, I went to school with one of your daughters. He said, he said, uh, he said listen, he said, I, I came this morning to church because I heard you were going to be here. And, he, and his next words were, he said, and I got to get this monkey off my back. I said, what in the world are you talking about, son? He said, for about three months, God has been telling me to give something to you. And he said, I came this morning so I could give it to you and I could be done with it. And he reached in his pocket and he, he pulled out 10 $100 bills and gave me $1,000. You know what, what I saw there is what this love of God, when two men were hurting desperately, two men, and I'll be honest with you, both of us were going through a little bit of a time, Brother Jalbert and myself both, we were going through a little bit of time of, God, you, we're still here. Do you know us? We've served you our whole life. Do you remember us? And God, that morning, allowed me to tell Brother Jalbert he was loved, and God said, let me tell you how much you're loved. Well, there was a, third man, and that third man was a sinner. You say, well, everybody's a sinner. Yes, they are. But the reason I call him the sinner is because he knew what he was. He knew he was a sinner. The scoffer is still living in his pride, 
accusing Christ and saying things are not the way they should be for me and, and things are, uh, it's not my fault or maybe I went into this theft or I went into stealing or I went into this thing because, uh, you know, because of the background I came from or because of, uh, of how I've been forced into this. But the scorner ridicules God, but, but the sinner knows who he is. You have to realize this sinner had not seen the resurrection, but he saw his sin. This sinner had not seen the resurrection, but he saw a Savior. There was no evidence that he ever saw Jesus perform a miracle, but he still saw the Savior as he was nailed to that cross. But just as there was a day that I realized I was lost and on my way to hell, I was without hope. I saw Jesus in the word of God. I did not see him as a man saw him, but I saw the Savior. And I saw my need for the Savior. The sinner saw himself as a sinner and saw himself in need of a Savior. And he saw the scorner. He said to that scorner, Dost thou now fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed, listen to this, and we indeed justly. That's where he says, I'm a sinner, I know it. You know what, if you want to know for sure, this is the, one of the greatest plans, uh, simplistic plans of salvation you're going to find in this passage right here. Because here's a man who is in, he's dying on a cross, and watch this, folks, look at me, he knows he's a sinner. This morning, and all over this, this world, and in this Memphis area, you know, one of the big problems is, is somehow we think we're not bad enough that we, God would send us to hell. We think we're not sinners enough that God would send us to hell. Listen, God doesn't send us to hell. One sin in our lives sends us to hell. And everyone, for all of sin, that comes short of the glory of God. And this man knew he was a sinner. He didn't look and say, well, I hope I balance out. I hope my good, and I hear this all the time. Well, I'm just hoping God has grace on me and that, and that it'll be good enough. Now, let me, he's already shown grace. He sent his son to die in our place. But this man, he knew he was a sinner, and he said, we indeed justly are condemned today, and we receive the due reward of our deeds. He said, I'm a sinner, and the wages of my sin is death what he said he said I'm a sinner and deserve the punishment physically and eternally that comes with being a sinner but he said of Jesus watch this now and here's here's the here's the gospel he said I'm a sinner and the wages of my sin is death he said but this man hath done nothing amiss he saw the perfection of the Savior he saw the sinless Savior And then the sinner asked for salvation, verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And you know, folks, listen to me. If you get anything, and please, I know you're all thinking about what you're going to go eat right now. And it's getting real close to that time. And some of you women are thinking, did I leave that on the stove too long? Did I turn it down low enough? And is it going to be okay when I get home? And listen, it won't change the way it normally tastes anyway. So... <laughs> It's going to be, so just don't worry about it anymore. I always joke with my wife. I love the fact she can't cook. I keep this beautiful figure. And so, no, 
She's, she's got all this stuff prepared herself, stayed up half the night preparing all this, this kind of thing. She always says, it takes me for hours and hours to prepare all this, and you eat in about five minutes. Well, that's because it's so good. And so, and so uh, uh, now, you, you, this is such a great statement here. You've got to get this now. You've got to get to what this, uh, this, this sinner says on the cross. He says, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Think about what he's saying now. Folks, think about what he's saying. This man has never seen the resurrection, but believes in the resurrection. You understand? He's never seen the resurrection, but he believes in resurrection. You say, why would you say that? Because watch this. There's three of them. They're all hanging on a cross. You don't, they don't come and pull the nails out and let you go. And this man, the sinners, looks at Jesus and says to Jesus, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You know what he's saying? You're going to live again. I believe you're going to live again. Because you can't come into your kingdom unless you're alive. And this sinner, knowing he's going to die, knowing Jesus is going to die, he looks at Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says to him, you're going to live again. He believed in the resurrection. And can I tell you, that's why it's so important. Everybody in here, you've got to believe. You cannot be saved. You cannot go to heaven if you do not believe in the resurrection. You say, well, I trusted Jesus, but that's not the same Jesus. Forgive me, but if you don't believe your Jesus arose from the grave, that's not the same Jesus the Bible's talking about. The Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect Son of God, he was buried, he, he died, he was buried, and he rose from the grave, amen? This is a simple plan of salvation, and the answer came, and Jesus said unto him, this is so wonderful, and this is how simple it is. He said, Lord, remember me. You know what Jesus said? Verily, I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And can I just tell you, if you trust Jesus today, eternally, you're already with him in paradise. In the mind and heart of God, you're already there. You know, there's no time with God. So it's not like, well, in a few years I'll go to heaven. No, you're already there in the mind of God. This is a simple realization, belief, and trust that Jesus could save him eternally, which by its very nature understand that Jesus would live again. The sinner believed Jesus would rise again, for he said, remember when you come into your kingdom. They are hanging on a cross. They are all dying, but the sinner believed that Jesus would live again, and he would rule and reign forever. The Savior died to save sinners. But some will die in their sins, scorning the Savior. The Savior died for us, and he proved, his, he proved his love for us by rising, and he proved his, his deity by rising from the grave. The truth is, he's not our Friday cross Savior. He's our Sunday resurrected Savior. 
The question comes to each of us this morning, how will we die? Truly right now, if we pictured ourselves, and right now, if you could picture yourself and Jesus is on the cross, and you're on a cross beside him, do you know that when you all take your final breath tonight, that you'd be with him in paradise? I told you about this man, Joe John Bear. Brother Joe sent me this poem. He sent me an incredible thank you letter, such a kind letter. But he sent me this poem, and here's what he said. He said, he said, Bob, I was laying up with two broken legs, and all I know is to work with my hands. I can't do anything. He said, and I was becoming very discouraged, and about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, one morning, he said, I heard a rooster crow. And he said, that morning when I heard the rooster crow, I he said, there sitting, I couldn't get up. He said, I just sat there and I grabbed a piece of paper. Here's what Brother Joe wrote. In the wee and early hours, it was three o'clock or so, when softly in the distance I heard a rooster crow. And as he did, I thought about the cross and our Lord's trial. What wicked men did unto him the day of his denial. This day was like no other day. It started just like this. A man for love of money betrayed Jesus with a kiss. They led away the Son of God, their own souls they did damn. In ignorance to crucify the King, the great I am. With hate they struck him in the face and told him prophesy. When Pilate said, I find no guilt, the crowd said crucify. They tore his flesh and ripped his back. They mocked the king of Jews. As masses gathered round to watch him beaten, bashed, and bruised. Oh, it was not a pretty sight. The thorns pressed in his head. With heavy cross upon his back, the trail he left was red. The purple robe, the screaming crowd approached Golgotha's skull. His strength gave out beneath the weight. The cross upon him fell. And when they finally reached the place, they stripped him naked there. They laid on him a rugged cross, the pain he had to bear. With all the noise of, among the crowd, you still could hear each blow. And nails held fast, his feet and hands, the blood began to flow. And one can help but wonder if God was pleased that day. The sacrifice that his son made, the price he had to pay. And though he truly loved his son who died there in that place because of sin that his son bore, the father turned his face. Alone and cold and sky grew dark and pain, I heard him yell, My father, why forsake me now these final moments tell? And he cried out with one last breath, It is finished. Then he died. Then later on they took a spear and thrust it in his side. While some looked on in horror there to shake their head and nod, a soldier said with trembling lips, This was the Son of God. And in the world where spirits go and live among the dead, darkness had lost while light prevailed and crushed the serpent's head. 
It must have been an awful thing, his body to take down, to wipe away the blood and sweat, remove away the crown they placed in a, a borrowed tomb that looked much like a cave. And all the while, not thinking once, he'd rise up from the grave. So if you hear a rooster crow, remember our Lord's trial and bear the cross. He sends your way a life of self-denial. Then please don't be like Judas was who sold out with a kiss. This world's not worth the price he paid for you to heaven miss. What do you think when you hear the rooster crow? The rooster crow reminded Joe Jalbert that when his body was broken and he was sitting there and he couldn't do anything, he had no way to pay his bills and really didn't see a future for his life. The rooster crowed that morning and he saw the hand of God. And he was reminded of his salvation in Jesus Christ. He was reminded that God came and gave his life for him. And he, was a, he arose from the grave that he could know that he had eternal life. Which side of the cross are you on this morning? You say, well, I, I would never scorn Jesus but do you spend your life wondering what's going to happen to you when you die? Do you spend your life saying, God, why? This is unfair. This is unjust. This is not right. Or do you know that you know that you know that you're going to be with him in heaven? That man on the right side of Jesus said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let's bow our heads.